0: Welcome to the Never Stop Getting It Podcast, where we take your mind out of reality reality. and have a little fun with life. Here's your hosts, Steve Giroux, Scott Bailey, and John Osimo.
1: Hello, everybody. We have a guest joining us today via the Never Stop Getting It Podcast hotline. She helps spearhead the company. The Ability Beyond Disability, she's also a survivor of bullying, and she's a beauty pageant winner to become Miss Florida, and she did all this while having autism. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you, Miss Rachel Barcelona. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing very well, thank you.
1: All right, so I understand uh, when you went to school, you really had to deal with some bullying, bullying mm-hmm. issues. Yeah, things of that nature but you did some really great things this is kind of the start of your whole process of starting your uh, your, uh, your journey your journey
2: ability beyond disability oh yes
1: yes. That's great. yes. so can you tell us how exactly the whole process was that you starting
2: at Well, it wasn't easy because I started it when I was in middle school and it's always a tough time for people in middle school or just anybody who's going through that age because everybody's bullied if you have a disability or not. And I was bullied for having autism and what had happened was that I would leave notes on all of my bullies lockers and I would leave little positive messages stuff like, oh, you're beautiful or you have amazing hair or I really like what you have to offer or something like that. Not what you have to wear because the middle school I went to, we all wear uniforms, right. but Just something really positive because I wanted to show that no one was getting to me. Uh, And And, yeah, and one of my teachers saw that I was doing this and I thought I was going to get in trouble, but she told me, are you the one who's leaving all these notes? And I said, yes. And she told me to keep going. And that's what inspired me to create my platform.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. So how did it work out? How How did the bullies treat you after getting these notes?
2: Well, they didn't really, I, I wasn't really noticed for it. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think they liked it, but... I know what's really funny is that nowadays, all the people who bullied me, they message me a lot saying that they wish they would have treated me better.
0: Wow. See, even though
2: that's really, really cool,
0: even though at the time they may may not have uh, appreciated the notes now, many, many years later, after they grew up, after they lived life to a a different extent than obviously just as kids, they look back at that time and I bet they appreciate the notes much more now. And the fact that they're reaching out to you means that what you did back then was an inspiration. And even in that itself, what's a great story because you never know when you can inspire somebody and when they will appreciate the message. So that is a great story.
2: Yeah, and that always means a lot to me whenever I have people reaching out to me from many years back. It makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. But it's a really long story because I've always been involved in my community. And I was I was with a lot of autism groups and I was with one called the Center for Autism and Related Disabilities. And the main purpose of that one was to help me and my family get the services we needed. And I told them my idea and they really helped me with that. And so when I, I was around 18 and I came of age, I started working with them like as a job. And so I got more serious with my community service and I ended up working on the board of directors for them. And that was really exciting. So it wasn't just handed to me. I have to make that very clear. I always had to work my way up, but yes. technically I was always working ever since I was 13.
0: Wow. And and that story from junior high is obviously inspiring and you were diagnosed uh, with autism spectrum disorder back when you were 3. So how how was your elementary school experience? Because obviously junior high is is when a lot of the bullying starts, but Tough. were you able to go through elementary school and again was it a private school and and how did that experience go because obviously education when it comes to the autism spectrum disorder is so important and that foundation starts in elementary school. So how was that experience for you?
2: Wow. Well, I was always switching schools because... My parents could never find the right school for me because there was never the right person who could help with autism. So in elementary school, it was a public school that was in my area where I lived. So it was public, then private, and then public again. But we're going to focus on elementary school. So I got bullied there, too. But my mom worked there, but that couldn't even save me, even though my mom worked there. But I didn't, I don't think I liked it that much because I was getting bullied there as well. There were even times when I. I pretended I was sick because I was getting bullied so bad. But then there were times when I was the cool kid in school because I had to go through several therapies to help with my autism. And I brought in several like toys, like Mm -hmm. the STEM toys, for example, that would help with the therapy. For example, I had this cushion that I had to sit on to help with my posture and everyone thought I was the cool kid in class because I was the only kid who had a cushion in my chair <laughs> and they're like can I sit on it can I sit on it
0: right yeah yeah
2: <laughs> so that really made me happy
0: right yeah that that's an interesting experience and over the course of the last couple decades we've gone from special schools specifically for uh, those with disability or special needs to much more inclusion. And so how do you feel about the aspect of having those inclusion situations where you are with everyone else? And, and would you agree that that method of education is the right way to go?
2: Well, I think that everyone should be included. And mm-hmm. if you have a disability, you should absolutely be in a school with the people who don't have disabilities. And that's exactly what my mom was fighting for, for me. And there were times when I almost got into the quote unquote special school and she didn't want that for me. And I'm really grateful for that. Absolutely. I I also think that it's needed for people. And if you want to do that, that's your decision. And I don't want to shame you for it.
0: That's true, that it should be your choice, and it should be something that you work with your parents, your family, your loved ones, those who can advocate for you, and it's just, it's it's tough, and you're talking about your mom several times, so you obviously have a very loving mom who has advocated for you over your lifetime, and and, and that's that's great. Not everybody in the same situation has that kind of advocate out there for them, and so it takes a lot of of those who can promote the way of thinking that you that you're talking about that can make change for everyone out there, for those who don't have advocates out there for them. And so your organization that you have, that you you know, you have founded and that does that kind of good work is gonna pave the way for others with autism down the road to be able to have those choices and be able to have that kind of education in the future. So again, congrats on, on founding that organization that it will help so many others down the road.
2: Thank you very much. And really is my passion to help others. And I would really love to show everybody that even if you have a disability, it should not stop you from achieving your dreams.
1: That's true. That's true. And, uh, John was very excited about this episode because he does have a nephew that has autism and we do a golf tournament every year. Right. And you learned something today, John, right? Oh,
0: yeah. No, I wanted to share this, a, a very uh, special story with you because um, every year now for the past 10 years, we have a charity golf tournament, and I help my brother who puts it on, and he he spearheads everything, and so it's his tournament. My nephew, my brother's son, uh, has autism. He's on the autism uh, spectrum, and so we do this charity for Autism Speaks that. Uh, organization, which obviously is is all about um, promoting, you know, inclusion and and making sure that uh, you know the autistic individuals can certainly have opportunity out there. Uh, and and we what what we have done is have this golf tournament every year where we have uh, someone who has the autism spectrum disorder come to the tournament after we're done golfing and can give a speech and talk about their experience or maybe even sing a song or play some music or or you know just show everyone that you know that having that disability is really not a disability but it's around the ability of what they can do and and believe me it's impactful for anyone who's at this golf tournament but when i told my brother that we were going to interview you today, he said. Oh my God! At this tournament, we have we showcase somebody who has the autism spectrum disorder, who has done great things, who has really inspired others uh, to 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 not feel the limitations of autism, but to go out and and realize your dreams. And so, e- on every table, one individual is showcased across the entire uh, uh, tournament where we're eating afterwards. And he said, Rachel is on one of our tables and has been for a couple years now. So your story is out there on the Internet. It's been told. And believe me, when uh, my brother said your picture and your story was on one of those tables, I I said, wow, this is going to be great because uh, I agree it's gonna inspire so many others, and we can't wait to interview Rachel about her story and to make sure she can inspire others. So, you know, even even long ago, you, you, what you've done and your story, and and your your dreams, and, and you're continuing to realize them. They are inspiring people out there, and they have been for a long time.
2: Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. It's
1: it's a fantastic journey, but your journey keeps going. Now you live in Florida. I see your email address is Tampa Bay. Uh, well, how's
2: does it? but <laughs> but I, I actually I actually live in New York. Oh, oh really?
1: Wow. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. So how did Miss Florida come to be?
2: Well my hometown is Tampa Bay. Okay. And I I was competing for Miss Florida because I've competed for that system several times and I thought I'd go back and then it was just I love that system so much and I won. Right.
0: So what made you get into the pageant? Like what what set you uh, uh, you know what made said to you this is what I want to do to start becoming a contestant in these uh, beauty pageants? What what did that? What inspired you to want to do that?
2: Well, I've been doing it Ever since I was five, because it was one of the things I did to come out of my shell. Mm. I've always loved being on stage, and it's just wonderful. I love performing, and I've been doing that ever since fourth grade, I think. But then I took a break because I wanted to focus on my studies, and then I did pageants again when I was 13. And I realized this is what I want to do because I just love being on stage. And then I just kept going.
1: Well, speaking of coming out of your shell, being that young, starting in a pageant, that must have been extremely tough. Because I don't think I could do it, you know. But
2: yeah. It was. It was really tough because I had a lot of sensory issues, the noise, the lights pretty much everything, but I loved making new friends and just meeting people. That's what makes it all worth it. And it still does today.
0: Well, that's great. That's a, that's a great story because oftentimes anxiety will, will come. I mean, with anybody as far as being on stage. So was there a time that you felt like you had to overcome this anxiety in order to get up there and feel comfortable in that setting?
2: I feel like I always do. There's always anxiety when you go on stage and perform anything. Really, I I have anxiety when I'm walking in through the door or meeting somebody new. There's there, it's always going to be there, but it's just it's worth it when you're meeting somebody or seeing your friends.
0: No, that's true, and and anxiety happens for for anyone in those situations. Is there anything that you did in particular to overcome that? Like, is there any strategies that you that you were able to utilize or anything that helped you in order to overcome any of those uh, anxiety kind of moments?
2: Yes. I really love listening to music. That always calms me down. And taking deep breaths is also a must.
1: Oh, that's great. So, uh, ability beyond disability. Does that have anything coming up? What, what's the big plans for it going forward?
2: Well, there's a lot of big plans. I'm going to be working a lot with my new title and I'm going to incorporate that into it. But most of all, I really want to learn how to run a nonprofit and I'll be working with a lot of people who do know how to run successful nonprofits. Right now, I'm working on one, and I'm on the board of one called My Heart's Home, and I'm working with my friend who runs it, and the mission of My Heart's Home is to help autistic people, and we're going to help them get the services and housing they need.
0: Okay. Is that centrally located, or is that worldwide, or how is that
2: Right now it is in Boston. Okay. okay. No, oh, not wow. Boston. It will be in Boston and Baltimore. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Boston. We're expanding our we're yeah, we're expanding our locations throughout all those areas. Yeah. And it'll be in New York soon.
1: That's awesome. New York. So what part of New York you you from right now?
2: Right now I'm in Brooklyn.
1: Brooklyn. Wow oh, boy. There you go. A lot of championships out there.
0: Oh, yeah. Brooklyn, Boston, you know, championships for all the for all those for all those B cities. Well, Rachel, there was one thing I wanted to ask you because you brought it up earlier about being diagnosed uh, with autism at at three. And that was a while ago. And uh, I, I know I've I not only have a nephew with autism, but I have several fa- friends and other family who have been diagnosed with autism. And I think we all do at this point with how prevalent it is out there but back 20 plus years ago one out of every 10,000 people were diagnosed with autism and now the number is uh, down to one out of every 100 people are now diagnosed with autism do you do you have any sense of why those numbers have changed so dramatically over the past couple of decades.
2: Well, that's an easy answer. It's because that more people are comfortable sharing their diagnosis. Right. Everyone is sort of coming out of the autism closet. They're mm-hmm. comfortable saying, I am autistic and Believe it or not, there's so many people throughout our history that have been autistic, and we're just finding this out now. And I'm just, I'm so proud to say that I was on a list of famous people with autism, and there's so many people that we don't even know about, like Daryl Hannah, Tim Burton, even Mozart, that have been autistic. And there's just so many wonderful people.
0: Well, that's a great story to tell. That's uh, unbelievable. I think uh, you're absolutely right. And so when it comes to our society, in, in order to uh, better really deal with this issue of being able to come out and feel comfortable, and then the education piece, is there anything that you would do differently um, or would like to see change? What kind of change would you like to see in the way our society looks at Autism in general and how we deal with uh, autism when it comes to educating our children.
2: Well, I would say that there has to be a lot more education on it and there has to be a different view on it. I always say that we should never be ashamed of it ever because... I don't know. I just, I tend to not be ashamed of myself. I don't like to mask my autism. I'm just, I'm pretty proud and happy with myself, no matter what. And I encourage people in my community to do the same. But unfortunately, that's not how it is. It's because our society has taught us to be normal, but there really is no definition of normal.
0: I agree with you 100%. And that's really why we invited you to join us on the podcast here, because as I said to you before we even started recording, you exemplify what it means to never stop getting it. You have persevered through adversity and come out to make sure that what your message is is out there for positive change in the future, and this is what you're trying to achieve here. And and not only just the work you've done with all of your organizations um, to promote uh, the message of, of autism and how that should work, but just the the uh, Miss Florida pageant, and that's coming up, and what that could, could mean as far as achieving that goal that you've set out to do. So when it comes to never stop getting it, you're all about the model that we have here for this podcast. So congratulations.
2: Thank you.
1: All right, Rachel, before we close this up, can you give us our, uh, give us your social media and things like that so people can find you?
2: Yes. I'm on Instagram. It's Rachel Barcelona XO.
1: Oh, perfect.
2: And it's with, it's with two L's. So many people type it with one L by mistake.
1: Yeah. I, I probably would have done that, too, if I didn't look it up first. Is, is, is there
0: anything anything that you're promoting or coming up that you want us to – we can highlight and, and, and make sure people understand and, and draw people's attention to? Is there something coming up or anything like that that, that that's coming up with you? Or with oh my Roo, gosh. Or, or something else that you want to
2: promote? Well, I can't even keep track of yeah. everything. But <laughs> if you want to follow all the events that I'm doing, you can look at my Facebook, Rachel go. Barcelona Ability Beyond Disabilities. I'm always promoting any event that I'm doing over it, there, and, and I really like it with two L.
1: There you go. <laughs> Love it. I'll see you. That's perfect. So, Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, the world's a better place with you in it, that's for sure. Yes. A lot of education, and uh, you're really throwing it out there, <laughs> oh, so it's perfect.
2: Thank you. Uh,
1: and again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. All right. All right, Never Stop Getting Nation.
2: Oh, well, I loved it.
1: Great. <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you. All right, Never Stop Getting Nation. <laughs> we can't wait to see the next guest, but until then,
2: Never Stop never Getting Never Stop getting, getting It. All
1: right, Thank <laughs> you <he goes. laughs>
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Never Stop Getting It podcast and join the community on Facebook, Never Stop Getting It and Twitter at Never Stop Getting It and of course, NeverStopGettingIt.com.